Now function, Stephanie. Number five is alive. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode five of the Electric Academy podcast. I'm hoping that some of you guys picked up on what was going down at the beginning of the episode here. That was a clip from the 80s classic movie Short Circuit, where a robot comes alive and becomes self-actualized due to a lightning strike, which when you think about it, could be quite terrifying should that happen. And that's how Skynet happened. But we're neither here nor there. Just uh, I love 80s movies, love 80s pop trivia. So you might have noticed by now there's a bunch of 80s movies clips that get added into the podcast. That is intentional. Now this week, there's one thing that I want to do. We're going to be discussing getting into what is a circuit. And up to this point, we've d- talked about what is electricity. We've talked about what is voltage, what is resistance, what is current, what is power. We uh, went over some study tips. So there's the backlog there for you to check out if you haven't already. But for those of you who don't belong to the Electric Academy newsletter, once a week I send out a newsletter. And the past few weeks I've been talking about sharing some stories that Electric Academy members have shared with me about safety issues. So I thought, what a better place to what better place to share this in the podcast as well. So for those of you who have ha- read the newsletter, this might be a repeat, but it's always good to hear about safety issues. And for those of you who are not part of the newsletter, make sure you get on there because there's lots of good information that comes in that. And of course, all you have to do is go to the Electric Academy website and you will be get a pop-up that kind of pops up there and asks you if you want to become a member of the newsletter. So make sure you get on it. So for this week, I've got a story from Dave Armstrong, and I'm just going to share what he said. I'm just going to read the email that he sent me. Uh, Chad, I'm glad you shared the story with the open neutral problem. I had something at work that was very similar to that, and I was very lucky I didn't die or was severely injured. I was just below the roof in an elevator control room in a high-rise building in the Vancouver area. I was running some 12-2BX and didn't think much of a temporary BX just hanging in front of the area, which I was feeding the BX into. I didn't notice that it was only meredded with a hot, black conductor, The neutral and ground, which I found out afterwards, were not connected. So when I was running the BX, inadvertently, I touched the ground conductor to the above 1412BX. I have felt this incredible shock, not the 120 feeling that everybody else has experienced, but a deeper level of shock. And I immediately dropped what I was doing and used my uh, tick tester. And sure enough, the ground was hot. And I was like, WTF? The long story short of it is I called up my boss and we metered the ground conductor and unbelievably there was 300 volts on it. I was even more angry that it was was at 347 volt circuit. I found out that the drywall mutters had unspliced a temporary connection in order that they could mud the seam that was directly behind the splice point. I was so angry that my life could have been over and and the person that did this was very lucky he didn't kill himself in the same time. So yes, I'm now beyond cautious and I will test everything every time. I hear stories like this all the time. Thanks so much for sharing, David. You need to always, always assume that a circuit is live. Always test it, everyone. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts about that. It's so easy to get complacent out in the field and to just go ahead and grab wires that when you're almost pretty sure that they're dead. But when you're dealing with it, and especially when we're dealing with commercial work or industrial work, it's not just the 120-volt poke. You're dealing with 347 volts quite often because it's such a common voltage. 
And they don't call it the friendly voltage for nothing because what happens is it grabs you and it never lets you go. So keep that in mind. I think I'm going to keep doing this. If you have some stories that you'd love to share or you'd love me to share safety-wise, make sure you send them to chad at theelectricacademy.com. Now this week, let's get into our continuing our series on basic electrical principles. And this week, we're going to be going into what is a circuit. And I've also, I would like to just give a shout out to uh, learnsparkfun.com. It is an amazing resource for electricians, and it's where the, I'm getting most of the material for the podcast this week, just because I think that they did such a great job um, writing up how these work, and they've got them shared under what's called a Creative Commons license, share like, so it allows me to just go ahead and repurpose it, so that's what I'm doing. So here we go. Welcome to Circuits 101. One of the first things you'll encounter when learning about electricity is the concept of a circuit. So this podcast will explain what a circuit is, as well as discuss voltage in further detail. So circuit basics. Voltage and how it works. You've probably heard that a battery or wall outlet has a certain number of volts. This is the measurement of the electrical potential produced by the battery, or the utility grid in the wall circuit. All those volts are sitting there waiting for you to use them. But there's a catch. In order for electricity to do any work, there needs to be, it needs to be able to move. It's kind of like a blown up balloon. If you pinch it off, there is air in there that could do something if it's released, but it won't actually do anything until you let it out. Unlike air coming out of a balloon, however, electricity can only flow through materials that can conduct electricity, such as copper wire. If you connect a wire to a battery or a wall outlet, warning, the voltage in a wall outlet is dangerous, so don't do this, you'll be giving the electricity a path to follow. But if the wire isn't connected to anything else, the electricity won't have anywhere to go and it still won't move. So what makes electricity move? Electricity wants to flow from a higher voltage to a lower voltage. This is exactly like the balloon. The pressurized air in the balloon wants to flow from the inside of the balloon, where the higher pressure is, to the outside of the balloon, where the lower pressure is. If you could create a conductive path between the higher voltage and the lower voltage, electricity will flow along that path And if you insert something useful into the path, like an LED or a motor or something, then the flowing electricity will do some work for you, like lighting up the LED or making the motor spin. So where do you find a higher voltage and a lower voltage? Here's something really useful to know. Every source of electricity has two sides. You can see this on batteries, which have metal caps on both ends, or your wall outlet that has two or more holes in it. In batteries or other DC, direct current voltage sources, these sides, often called terminals, are named positive, and negative. Now why does every source have two sides? This goes back to the idea of potential and that you need a voltage difference in order to get electricity to flow. It sounds silly, but you can't have a difference without two things to be different. In any power supply, the positive side will have a higher voltage than the negative side, which is exactly what we want. In fact, when we measure voltage, we usually say that the negative side is zero volts and the positive side is however many volts the supplies can provide. Electrical sources are like pumps. Pumps always have two sides, an outlet that blows something out and an inlet that sucks something in. Batteries and generators and solar panels work the same way. Something inside them is hard at work making the electricity and moving it towards the outlet, the positive side. But all that electricity leaving the device creates a void, which means that the negative side needs to pull electricity in to replace it. So let's go over what we've learned so far. Voltage is potential, but electricity needs to flow to do anything useful. Electricity needs a path to flow through, which must be an electrical conductor such as copper wire. Electricity will flow from a higher voltage to a lower voltage, and DC DC voltage sources always have two sides, called positive and negative, 
with the positive side a higher voltage than the negative side. Now let's talk about a simple circuit. We're finally ready to make electricity work for us. If we connect the positive side of a voltage source through something that does the work such as a LED or a light emitting diode and back to the negative side of the voltage or electricity or current will flow. And we can put things in the path to do useful things when the current flows through them like the LEDs that light up. The circular path, which is always required to get electricity to flow and do something useful, is called a circuit. A circuit is a path that starts and stops at the same place, which is exactly what we're doing. Now, Benjamin Franklin originally wrote that electricity flows from the positive side of a voltage source to the negative side. However, Franklin had no way of knowing that electrons actually flow in the opposite directions. At the atomic level, they come out the negative side and loop back to the positive side. Because engineers followed Franklin's lead for hundreds of years before the truth was discovered, we still use the wrong convention to this day. Practically speaking, this detail doesn't matter as long as everyone uses the same convention, but we can all build circuits that work just fine. Now let's talk about short and open circuits. In order to do that, we have to figure out what a load is. What is a load? The reason why we want to build circuits is to make electricity do useful things for us. The way we do that is by putting things in the circuit they use current flow to light up, make noise, run programs, etc. These things are called loads because they load down the power supply, just like you're loaded down when you're carrying something. The same way you can be loaded down with too much weight, it's possible to load down a power supply too much, which will slow the current flow. But unlike you, it's also possible to load down a circuit a little too little. This may let too much current flow. Imagine running too fast if you weren't carrying any weight, which can burn out your parts or even the power supply. You'll learn all about voltage, current, and loads in the next, uh, or we've already learned about voltage, current, and loads in a previous podcast. But for now, let's just talk about two special cases of a circuit. There's the short circuit and the open circuit. Knowing about these will help tremendously when you're troubleshooting your own circuits. Now, short circuit, I got a caution, don't do this. But if you connect a wire directly from the positive side of a power supply to the negative side with nothing in between, just the wire, you'll create what is called a short circuit, and it's a very bad idea. This seems like the best possible circuit, so why is it a bad idea? Remember that electrical current wants to flow from a higher voltage to a lower voltage. If you put a load into the circuit, you can do something useful like light up an LED. If you do have a load in the current, the current flow through your circuit will be limited to what your device consumes, which usually is a very small amount. However, if you don't put anything in to restrict the current flow, there won't be anything to slow down the current, and it will be infinite. Your power supply can't provide infinite current, but it can, will provide as much as it can, which may be a lot. This could cause your wires to burn up, damage the power supply, drain your battery, or other exciting things. Most of the time, your power supply will have some sort of safety mechanism built in it to limit the maximum current in the event of a short circuit, but not always. This is the reason all homes and buildings have circuit breakers, to prevent fires from starting in the event of a short circuit somewhere in the wiring. A closely related problem is accidentally letting too much current flow through a part of your circuit, causing a part to burn up. This isn't quite a short circuit, but it's close. This is what happens when you use the incorrect resistor value, which lets too much current flow through another component like an LED. The bottom line is, if you notice that things are suddenly becoming too hot or a part suddenly burns out, immediately turn the power off and look for a possible short circuit. Now an open circuit. The open circuit of a, opposite of a short circuit is an open circuit. This is a circuit where the loop isn't fully connected and therefore this isn't really a circuit at all. Unlike the short circuit above, nothing will get hurt by the circuit, but your circuit won't work either. If you're new at circuits, it can be hard to find where the break is, especially if you're using 
like baseboards or breadboards, where all the conductors are hidden. If your circuit doesn't work, the most likely cause is an open circuit. This is usually due to a broken connection or a loose wire. Now, short circuits conceal all the power from the rest of the circuit, so be sure to look for those as well. And as a tip, if you can't easily find where your circuit is open, a multimeter can be a very useful tool. If you set it to measure volts, you can use it to check the voltage at various points in your powered circuit and eventually find the point where the voltage isn't getting through. And I'll go over what a multimeter is in a later podcast. Well, that's all the time I have for today. I'd like to keep these short and sweet. Again, if you have anything you'd like me to cover, please reach out to me at chad at theelectricacademy.com. And I'm always looking for interesting stories. So if you have some crazy safety stories that you'd like to share, please send me an email and I will make sure I add it to the podcast. Also, if you are looking to learn more about the Electric Academy, you can pop on over to www.theelectricacademy.com and join the newsletter, and I'll keep you in the loop as to what's going on out there. Some of you already know there's a very vibrant Facebook group going, and for those of you who aren't on the Facebook, and I don't blame you, I'm looking at, uh, I'm in the midst of actually about halfway through designing a forum for the Electric Academy membership, and if you'd like to know more about that, then you just have to click on the link that is in the show notes. If you are liking these podcasts, please do me a favor and rate, give it a five-star rating and maybe just a, a little what's up under the reviews. That helps out a lot. It gets the word out and it helps me share more and more to more people little tips and tricks about electricity. That's all I have for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You have no idea how much I appreciate this. As always, stay classy and stay safe. We'll see you next week. <laughs>